Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Plant people, plant people. They make delicious Wonder Day mushrooms. It's the world's first mushroom gummy that's so popular it's already sold out twice and is finally back in stock. So I highly recommend you get on these delicious Swedish fish tasting Wonder Day gummies uh, because they uh, they have positive effects, you know, lifting your mood, clearer thinking. You've heard a lot about uh, these adaptogen mushrooms, right? Like uh, there, there's a lot of nutrients in lion's mane and shaga, and these gummies have it all. So you, you know, you got you can reduce stress with shaga and reishi, increase energy levels with cordyceps and maitake. They're 100% vegan and made from USA cultivated mushrooms from a family farms of exceptional quality. I highly recommend, and I can't talk about the taste enough. They literally taste like Swedish fish. They get the adaptogens that you need. And all you got to do to try them is go to try.plantpeople.co slash mighty to get 15% off your first order with code mighty. That's T-R-Y dot P-L-A-N-T-P-E-O-P-L-E dot C-O slash M-I-G-H-T-Y. Love feeling wonderful or your money back. Get it, plant people. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one book boy, standing six foot two, 288 pounds, from the south shore of Nassau County, Long Island, it's Johnny G. All you gotta do is trust me. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Arthur is not currently in here because my wife and I are both Homesick with COVID. Maybe you can hear it in my symptom as I scream. Not excited to be being ravaged by Omicron, but I'm very excited to be ravaged intellectually by my guest from Allison Rosen is your new best friend. It's Allison Rosen. Oh my goodness. I didn't know for sure whether that intro was performed live or whether that was canned, but I see now that it is live and I feel so titillated, honored, and excited 
to have been able to witness that. That's amazing. You you saw my uh, like Michael Jordan flu game. Like doing that intro with COVID is yeah. Uh, you know, I I feel like I had to rise to the occasion, and this is the like the version of the grittiest thing I'll ever have to do in my soft ass life and career is like, dude, you got to buck up and have an hour conversation about yearbooks with your friend, Allison <laughs> Rosen. Cause COVID be damned. We're going to live our lives. I'm not gonna let this pandemic ruin my life. Let's get on zoom and talk about yearbooks. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you rose to the, you, the, to the challenge you did it as you just said it's the grittiest thing you've ever you <laughs> dug deep you pulled it out you left it all on the court <laughs> but i'm just wondering if we catch up with you in like you know five to ten years will your life have gone in some unusual direction because you the hardest thing you ever did you did now right. you know what comes next it's a very cush life. In 10 years when uh, we're fighting in the cold civil war amongst the U.S. for uh, water <laughs> rights, um, at that moment, I'll be like, man, I really wish my life was a little grittier. I could have uh, gained a little bit more uh, fortitude rather than right. uh, this kind of soft life. But right. that's that's my problem. That's what I'm mm. dealing with. That's like, yeah, yeah I, that's apparently, according to social media, what a lot of people in America are currently dealing with is... COVID related issues. So I just wanted to participate in society more. But enough about me. Let's talk about Allison Rosen, who is my new best friend after doing her podcast. Allison Rosen is my is your new best friend. And uh, and not only did you do my podcast, you did it last minute on Nick Weiger's recommendation because uh Betsy Sodaro uh had she was filming. Does everyone want an intense and detailed and possibly kind of tedious backstory. I yeah, think so. Especially if it features a few of my friends getting actual work and me getting to That's replace right. them on a podcast. Yeah, that'll work for me emotionally. Uh, excuse me, but I consider my podcast actual work. If you want to call it fun, hooray for you. But I think of it as it's kind the of hardest game. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, she was in Atlanta and realized um, that her shoot was going to go late. So Nick recommended you. And I was like, I would love, I, he's, he's a podcaster's podcaster. And I mean that as a compliment. I don't mean that as like only other podcasters know of him. Oh, well, um, thank you. I'm cool either way. Yeah. Uh, both I've, work I, as I've, a compliment for me. I've, I've been hearing about you for years. Of course I would like to have you on. And then it felt like a long shot emailing you. Is there any way you can, you know, would you like to join our podcast? And then you were available. You were flexible you are wonderful and now here we are best friends look at best look at friends that. you are my new best friend and we are yeah. engaging in the year old years old tradition of you do my podcast i do yours we yeah. scratch each other's backs we plug each other's shows look at us now it's well the and what you don't even know but maybe you do because someone said it on twitter is that after this then i invite you to come on my show, because you did the Thursday show, which is a group show. Next, I invite you on the Monday show, which is a one-on-one. -on -one. And oh, then shit, man. we are probably married. If I think I think we're wife. legally considered best friends at that point. <laughs> I think we are. According to the government, We I can draft off your health insurance as your yes. best friend. Yeah. Yes. It's like uh, domestic partnerships, which right. this little hetero boy who delayed getting married forever took advantage of in New York City and uh, the late 2000s did uh, you have were, were you in one of those like oh we've been together 12 years and now we're getting married yeah all we had to prove to, uh together was that we lived uh to get health to get on my wife's health insurance who had a real job 
we just had to prove we lived together for X amount of years. And we had been living together for like eight, six years at that point, just not okay. married. So when they opened that up, which I believe was more for the LGBTQ community, was mm-hmm. like, we can't you can't necessarily get married yet. So here's how you get benefits. And then me and my wife were like, well, can hetero couples do that too? And I was like, yeah, why not? I was like, okay. So I w- I've been in a domestic partnership and now I'm in a court manda- mandated best friendship with you. That's so right. I'm I'm looking forward. I'm learning a lot. I'm 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 growing as a person. I'm here for it. I feel like you're doing the work. I am doing the work. Uh, we were we're recording at eleven a.m. this morning, and I woke up sans alarm at like ten twenty eight. I was like, "This is this is bad." I never sleep that late, but I I, I am in recovery mode. Yeah, uh, your body is fighting back. I love that this my job is like. Oh, I'll just grab my coffee and talk to Allison. That's what I have to do this morning for work. And specifically, we were throwing around topics as guests of High and Mighty are wont to do before they come on. And you had a bunch of great ones that uh, we'll probably end up accidentally touching on a bunch. But one that both kind of triggered us both just because I haven't talked about it. And it was such an integral part of our lives for such a uh, brief period of time. But yearbooks came up, which is, I'm sure listeners of the podcast are like, yeah, that's the title of this episode. I knew where he was going, lead buried. But this, that is like how on my show, I do this ridiculous thing where I won't announce the name of the guest. Like I'll chat with my producer, Tony Thaxton at the top, and then I'll do the intro. And then I'll say, now put your hands together for it. And I like try to not say their name until I've done the intro so that they can be surprised. There's 0.0 0.0 people don't know what episode they're listening to. They didn't stumble into the show in the middle. Right. They're not like, maybe they listened to last week's and they're behind and they just are on a long hike and the next one is just starting right. due to their their podcast app. I use Overcast, but whatever people use. I guess uh, that's actually, though, shouldn't you say you use Spotify since you do that green room thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, Spotify is what I use. <laughs> good, good call, Allison. Uh, thank you. There's a reason why you've been working in this industry longer than I have. Uh, yes. Uh, Spotify is where I get all my podcasts and where you can get the movie buff, uh, if you care. <laughs> um, You know what? That scenario you just described where you're hiking and it rolls into the next one, that is actually probably the only situation where that could be the case. So for the person hiking, they just found out we're talking about yearbooks. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good to know. They just listened to all of last week's episode and they're like, ah, mid hike. Oh, they're getting maybe a pre-roll ad. They're ready to eat a 30 second minute long ad read while they, because I'm quick to hit the skip jump button. Sorry to all my friends whose podcasts I listen to, but if I'm hiking or I'm in the middle of a set or I'm jogging or something, I might have to listen to your ad. Sorry, blank check. I might have to listen to you guys ramble on and on. What kind of set? Oh, uh, like uh, benching or squatting or something like that. Not like a stand-up set where you're also listening to a podcast? (laughs) Absolutely impossible to do. (laughs) You're wearing noise-canceling headphones, blasting the Joe Rogan show in your head while you try to host a stand-up show. It'd be a fucking... (laughs) That would would upset... If I'm like listening to a podcast and my wife starts talking to me, my brain cannot handle like those two inputs at the same time. It's like instantly. Oh, or if I can hear someone else's conversation too well and someone's trying to have a conversation with me, the wires crossing gets to be too too much interference for me and it hits hard. If I'm talking to my husband and he's listening to a podcast at the same time, my brain cannot handle it because <laughs> he walks around with one earbud in, kind of not tuned in, and 
I just kind of not just, tuned into the show or tuned into the uh, his world around him. His the, the what's happening in his immediate world around him. And that like, mean, I, you mean living with his family, with his wife and kids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean me, <laughs> me specifically. There are children as well, but I mean me. Like I just want there to. I be I don't give a indi- fuck about the children. I'm worried about I, me. <laughs> I want there to be an indicator light on the top of his head or the front of his forehead or something to tell me whether he's listening to something because this thing where I say something and then there's a pause and then I can't and I'm like are you what's going on it's just I don't know for some reason it, it drives me crazy uh, uh, well let's let's take a moment to talk about this this is the kind of small ass thing that could set a marriage down a fucking landslide where you're like I'm doing the dishes uh, listening to a podcast which is something I frequently do is mm-hmm. use a combination of cannabis and content to get me through my chores like oh I got a vacuum and so alright well let me put in a headset, put on a podcast or an audio book. Let me take a couple of hits from the J and then I could just kind of vibe out and vacuum or vibe out and do the dishes or walk the right. dog or whatever errand I'm not feeling like. I use a little carrot uh, uh, of cannabis, the cannabis carrot, if you will. And uh, I'll be doing the dishes. My wife will come out and she'll say something and I won't hear her because I'm listening. So she'll say something louder. I'll hear mm. her. I'll turn around and I'll go, what? And she'll... And she'll go, never mind. I go, no, 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 it's a big deal. She's like, never mind. So then I take off the dishwashing gloves. That's right. Haven't had a dishwasher for 10 years. I'm on that glove grind now. Um, Take my headphones off, turn to her and go, no, what were you saying? And she was saying, I was just saying, how did you sleep last night? And I'm like, (laughs) oh. And now we're all kind of half mad at each other because we had to have like this stop down. It's like, this conversation was boring. And she's like, well, no shit. I didn't want to, it didn't need to be five steps. I was just making small talk. And it is that thing of like, if I had an on-air light or something, she's like, ah, he's listening to something. I'll just talk to him later. But that that shit happens with other rooms. Babe, when you get it. And it's like, what'd you say? I said, what? And then they come out of the room like, what'd you say? I said, I said, the show did is back on. Did you see this tweet? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I said, did you see that so-and-so is blah, blah, blah. And she's like, uh, yeah, I did. And then like goes back into the room. Now I'm putting the exasperation on her, but I should say like, it's a two-way street. Either one of us could play either of these roles in these uh, little right. hypotheticals I'm giving. But it is funny how just not hearing someone three times that fourth interaction has all the weight of three negative interactions behind it. Even- right. Because I think it, the stakes are high at that point because it's like everyone has stopped what they're doing and they you have to pay really good attention on the fourth one. And so it really better be worth it at that point. Like I remember as a little kid, um, someone, an adult saying something to me and me saying, what? And then them saying it again and me just, I couldn't, I don't know if I couldn't parse what they were saying or I just couldn't hear them. Um, and just kind of nodding and smiling and being like, yeah. And thinking, I hope they didn't just ask me a question. Like from a very young age, I remember that my husband right now. So he had an ear infection. We've, we've all, I was mentioning before, we've all been sick. Um, not COVID, even though I'm like, our. I'm questioning, except I know that it. we took so many tests, I know that it wasn't. But he had an ear infection. And Does so it now feel weird to get sick without COVID? It's like they're being a zombie attack and you're at the yes. hospital being like, he actually got bit by a dog. Isn't that <laughs> like, and it's like, oh, not a zombie bite? It's like, no, it still needs help, but it's not what everyone's dealing with. And it's like, yeah. do you feel like left out that it's not COVID? It was a West Highland White Terrier, but he was ferocious. You don't understand. <laughs> um. Yeah, I do. I feel, yeah, I feel left behind. 
because we're not gonna even going to get any like special antibodies. I mean, first of all, no one gives a fuck. So we don't get special attention, special treatment, and we don't have any special immunity from it. And yet it feels like our own personal ordeal. We're like outside. We're off the grid with this one. Yeah, you're out on the reservation. Uh, you're out dealing with your own problem that society's not even dealing with. Everyone in society's got their own problem that's going on. And you're like, hey, ours is pretty similar. Everyone's like, we're dealing with COVID over here, Rosen. <laughs> Relax. And it's like, no, he's got an ear infection. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, wait, so uh, you were saying uh, your yes. husband has an ear infection. Oh, so he had an ear infection, um, like ruptured his eardrum, it, which sounds severe, but it's okay. But anyway, he can't hear out of one ear now, and it will heal. But it's like he's permanently listening to a podcast now because he can't hear anything. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I have to like tap him on the – in fact, I have to tap him on the shoulder if I'm going to say something to him. And he said to me, he's like, get used to it because this is what it's going to be like when we're old together. Oh shit! He he ain't wrong. Yeah, is it weird? I do think there's some point where if you've been together long enough, you're like, like I I want me and my wife to get to the point where it's like let's just save up everything we have to tell each other, just like write it down on a little pad, and then when we sit down together after dinner or for coffee or tea or whatever fucking old people shit we're up to to go visit our nephews in the human zoo or whatever, like. (laughs) Whatever the future holds for us, I'd like to be able to be like, well, we didn't have to yell to each other all day. So here are the five things that came to me today that I wanted to tell you. And now I can tell. Because how did you sleep? Did right. you see that tweet? That's did what I was get- just about to say, Rosen. If you save up all the shit that uh, the conversations you tried to start in not an ideal conversation start with your partner over the course of a day, like the way we live now in the mm-hmm. pandemic. And it's like. When you sat down with them, you'd be like, I'm so sorry. I almost interrupted you five times today with this dumb ass fucking I bullshit. I feel humiliated. Like if you had to write down everything you said to your partner during a day, yes. you'd be like, man, why is she so cranky with me? Or why am I so cranky with her? Let's yes. write down everything we've talked about today. And it's like, this is asinine. This is boring. <laughs> this is there's That's so much really boring chuff around being I, I look. Around being alive? Being alive, being married, being roommates like anything where you have like a shared goal Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like bullshit that you have to talk about like there's just like a a lot of logistical shit being married and living together is like two of those piled on top of each other and you need to be like just so you know the volkswagen bill needs to blah blah. like you have to have all these like dumb conversations which are not value added to the love of Mm. your marriage you don't get like super excited to you know you're not like we've learned so much from each other dealing with the health insurance bills through sag you know what i mean it's like so much of your so much of it is logistics and it's like just the business of the family right and i don't even have kids so Mm -hmm. i can only imagine kids adds a whole nother layer because through the roof yeah yeah, because it's a it's also a way to avoid ever I mean, and I'm 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 just projecting because I've done it with we do it with the dog. It's like it's a way to like not have to engage on an adult level too, like with each other or yourself. You could be like, well, Nancy needs to go to dance rehearsal, and it's like, yes, I know, Nancy did this today, Nancy did that today, and it's mm-hmm. like, how's everyone else doing? Like, oh, Arthur, he was like, don't you think he's being weird? And it's like now we're just talking about the dog who right. is no different than he was yesterday, but at least we're not addressing ourselves in this moment. Like we're I not feel like Arthur is not getting enough attention. I 
feel like he is not that's connecting. Us. That, yeah, that's <laughs> us. Rather than <laughs> like connecting with each other, we're always like, Arthur is uh, feels remiss. Arthur feels like his career is stalled and he's not exactly <laughs> sure what direction he wants to go in. Arthur's in a bit of a career rut. He doesn't know what his passion is anymore. <laughs> Arthur's not positive if living in LA makes the most sense for him at this point in his oh life. Oh my I God. Mean, our dog doesn't know that either. Our dog is wondering. <laughs> first, our dog, Wendy, she doesn't love the weather. She's not really a SoCal gal. And she's thinking, at this point, you can work from anywhere. Why here? Yeah, especially when it's like, look, you've set it up. Your your job is talking into your computer and uh, you like it and uh, mm. it, you could do it from anywhere. Why don't you live on the beach somewhere affordable, yeah. you idiot? It's like, oh, why don't I? That's right. If, where would you go if you went somewhere else? See, that's the thing. I don't even like I don't even know. Like my all my family's on the East Coast. All my wife's family's in and around the New York area like mine. Florida doesn't appeal. Like other parts of California aren't necessarily – like you're not getting much cheaper if you go down to mm -hmm. San Diego or something like that. Orange County gets a little – I mean truly like you think, oh, the world is completely opened up now because of pandemic. But also because of politics, you do feel not <laughs> welcomed in a lot of parts of the world and a lot of parts of the country too where you're like, I think people there would hate me. Like, right. I <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for a long time, the Pacific Northwest had this like, oh, that's this uh, Xanadu. Is that the right reference? I don't know. But I think that there's like a lot of there's a, it's not, there's like a lot of skinhead action up there. Yeah. Well, you know, and the PNW is not like as cheap and as like. Right. Uh, as like frontiersy as it used to be like 15 years ago. That's what it feels like. I feel like when I moved to LA from New York city, like uh, 10 years ago, it was like in LA, you can get more bang for your buck. And like four years before I moved here. So a total of like 14, 15 years ago, people were moving from New York city and getting much better, much bigger apartments for the same price as yes. they're in New York. That was my that's experience too. Yeah. <laughs> I lived in, I moved uh, I'm from here originally, from Orange County, Northern California, then Orange County, moved to New York, lived in New York, moved back in 2010. And that's exactly what I remembered. I was paying the same for my apartment, but it was like palatial compared to what I had in New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just one. But now it feels like everything's kind of flattened where it's like it's expensive everywhere. And if you wanted to live somewhere cheap, the stuff that you look forward to in that might not make sense. Like, I, if I'm moving, I'd like to live near a beach. Not a lot of coastal places are right. cheaper. Uh, you know, like, do I, do I want to go remote? Do I want to go to Maui? Do I want to go to like oh. a weird distant? Do I want to go to like a central California beach like Santa Cruz? But like how much cheaper are those places? They're not right. like if I'm going to move for <coughs> excuse me, if I'm going to move for cheapness, I want to move to like the $500 a month uh you know, rent, rent a house in Montana for 500 bucks a month or whatever. Yeah. But then you're um, like, now I live in Montana, which is right. cool. But for a year, maybe like before you're like, I guess I'll drive 40 minutes to have Thai food. No offense to Montana. I only lived there for one month. I don't know that much about it, but it wasn't, it's, it's not a, uh, the, the area of Kalispell and Whitefish where I lived was not the budding metropolis that SoCal, Los Angeles or New York City was. I that I can friends, safely say. <laughs> I have friends that moved to Georgia and they seem to be getting a lot. <clears throat> like they have a real, they are now on their, they, but they moved before the pandemic. Like they moved for one of their jobs. Um, but there is a ton going on in Georgia and they have a really nice house on a lake. Like they, that seems, there seems to be a lot appealing about that. Also though, 
I don't know if I, there's a lot about Georgia that I don't know if I, actually, you know, I, I've only been to Georgia for like two hours for an audition for the Weather Channel 12 years ago. <laughs> um, so I don't know. But I think of it as humid and, and maybe there would be things about it that I wouldn't like. I don't know. Yeah, it, it it doesn't, it feels like, oh, that would be a good spot. Now you're like just stealing from Peter to pay Paul, though, like moving to another one of these major Holly, uh, Hollywood adjacent cities, like where right. it, 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 it'll be nice, but it will feel oddly similar eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's, let's jump back to yearbooks. Yearbooks. Yeah. Now, when you brought that up, it hit me as like, that's something we haven't talked about, but that was something that is all you talked about for like the months before it came out in junior high or in high school. And for months after it came out, the yearbook felt like such a rich thing. And it felt like now it feels we're all I, I can't speak for you, but I know you've been I'm in old. the game for a while. Yeah, but we, I was in a no social media in high school. Like, no, like, oh, we were, yeah. yeah, like the Internet Pre- was new in high school to me. Uh, mm-hmm. But like. So the yearbook was like our Facebook. It was like it, the yes. it was Instagram for us. So it was like, oh my god, there's the hot girl from uh, you know, there's hot Kelly from Chemistry. There's if, yeah, yeah, if you wanted to look at photos of people you went to school with, your only option was yearbooks. Or prior to the yearbook coming out, and I did this a lot. If you had a friend who had an older sibling who had the yearbooks from the years before you were there, then you could look at those. My orthodontist uh, had in his waiting room had the yearbooks from the like competing high school. And I remember looking through those and I was so into yearbooks that I pretty much memorized the students at this other high school that I didn't even go to. My friend Yami married the guy who won the senior superlative for, I think he got most likely to start a revolution, which he hasn't. And also best artist. And when I see him, all I think instead of Yami's husband, I think he won best artist at Newport Harbor high school. (laughs) Knowing shit about people like that is like, it's funny how much it matters to you for about two years of your life, yes. and then you have to stop bringing up your senior superlatives. <laughs> like I didn't, um, I didn't win any of them. So uh, for me, that's why I do what I do. Ah, uh, see, uh, I, I, I won class, you? I won class clown. Of course, oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I did mean, you feel good about it. I feel great about it. And well, now it's a cool origin story. But you know, yeah. for like eight years, it was just behavior issues. Now it's like. <laughs> Now it's like, and he is still working in comedy at 40, so I guess we got to give him a little credit for his high school antics. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? Because it's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corpse pocket your money. Download Truebill so you can take control of your subscriptions right now. Truebill is an app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $700 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. They have over 2 million users that help save them over $100 million. Uh, dude, A dude named Matthew I know, he's in a, he saved $600 on his direct TV bill in one year using Truebill. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash mighty. So go right now to Truebill.com slash mighty. It could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill, T-R-U-E-B-I-L-L dot com slash mighty.
Our next advertiser, or our first advertiser of this episode, is Athletic Greens, something I literally use every day. I was just on out of town uh, traveling for work, and I was smashing a cup of Athletic Greens before my coffee every morning, and uh, it felt like a great way to just get the vitamins and nutrients I needed without having to, you know hold out and get sick from eating a bunch of pills and you know you pee most of that stuff out so this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system energy recovery focus and aging literally all the things so um that's why i got into it and at minimum it forces you to drink an extra cup of water in the morning which i like uh it helps with digestion and uh it's it's simple the taste is not the taste doesn't taste uh bad it's green and it looks cool but it has a little bit of a sweetness to it that isn't bad and i've given away the packets on the road to friends and now i believe they're all getting on athletic greens so it can help with your sleep quality and recovery it's less than one gram of sugar no gmos no nasty chemicals it's keto paleo vegan dairy gluten-free all that stuff uh it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself, and uh, it has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And Tim Ferriss, who uh, I'm a big fan of his stuff, he he also uh, likes the product. So give yourself uh, a test with like Athletic Greens. Let me know what you think. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mighty again that is athleticgreens.com slash mighty to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance looking at other people's yearbooks would be such a time killer like you'd be at your friend's house from a different school whether you know him from uh catechism or hebrew school or sports or it's your mom's friend's kid like however you know this kid from another school you look through their yearbook and you're looking at the weirdos from their grade the f and like this is the 90s uh late 90s early 2000s so Maybe you're looking at weird names, like weird foreign people's names, which is fucked up. But you're like, we had a girl named Mega in our grade. Oh, shit. We had a girl named like going back and forth of like these interesting names because mm -hmm. uh, most people were named John, Mike or Dave in the uh, 80s and 90s. Oh, my and, God. I know t so many Mikes. Uh, my my friend group is was called the Johns and the Mikes in junior <laughs> high and high school. And all of us, all eight of us are now known by our last names, despite yeah. it being four Michaels and four Johns. Three right. Jonathans and a John. Uh, so uh, you'd look through, you'd look at hot, the hot girls or hot guys in from other people's year. And that was for me, the highlight of yearbooks was looking at a friend's yearbook from a school you didn't go to or from a grade ahead and just seeing the hot girls from their class. And like your friend, like as young boys are want to do, it'd be like, this is Corrine. This is Trisha. This is my, you know, like this is Myra. This is so-and-so. This is Allison. Just going through like hot chick, hot chick, hot chick, hot chick. <laughs> out, you're like, and you're just like, Oh man, the bounty. These, all these women live on long Island. It's a wonderful place. Like, like <laughs> it really did. It, you're, it, it was, a. Uh... You know that feeling when you were young and you would get a crush? Well, I don't know how it was for you, but for me, when I was young and I would get a crush, it was like the highest of highs because it was like the world holds promise and excitement. It was like a 
the that like Christmas is coming feeling of like I'm so excited to because I read teen magazines and young adult books and I was just so sure that when I'm older life is going to be just like Sweet Valley High and so exciting and stuff and when I got a crush it was like this is how it starts so looking at a yearbook and seeing lots of attractive older people was like like you're saying like the bounty of Long Island like well, oh my it, god it I does can't, feel I like, can't believe I get to traffic in that world I was just about to say it does feel like proto social media where you're it like really was. shit all these people live out in the world fuck yeah. I got to get out there and meet these people I, I got to get out to grow there. up yeah oh my god girls have such big boobs all over the island <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't know how it was for you but I I my kindergarten through eighth grade we had yearbooks at that school. We had yearbooks in high school, and then we also had yearbooks in college. So every single year of – I have a yearbook for every single year of school. That every I was single in. year? Not at the end of each school either? That's no, cr- all the way through. I have so many – I've been into yearbooks, and I have so many yearbooks. In fact, I just – I was down at my parents last night, and I grabbed more yearbooks because they. I've left them at my parents, but I'm like, no, I need them in my house now. But oh, um, I, on- I only had – uh, high school graduation year, and there was a junior high yearbook that we got when we graduated seventh and eighth grade. You uh, didn't get one for freshman, sophomore, junior year of high school. No, and you know what? Because you had to pay for it. Yeah. And my oh, parents, so they had it in your yeah, yeah my parents, parents were, well because they had it for whoever the senior was that year like whatever the senior class was that year you could buy their senior yearbook. Oh, you weren't included in it. I think we were, but in like class, fo- I'm trying to remember. I feel like you got a real raw deal here. See, I, here, I'm holding up and I know this is not going to gonna work for people on the audio, but I, this is a high school yearbook. I don't know what year I was, but like, let me, I'm trying to, sh- I'm wow, going to go. All the, all the messages have been redacted. What kind of fucking fucked up <laughs> shit were you up to? Why is it all? Was, how did you get it to served. blur? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find, see like, no, uh, sorry. This is okay. So here's the freshman. I'm holding it up. My oh, husband yeah. last night was like, this is like photos from the fifties. It's all black and white, but there's little tiny class photo or little individual photos. This was the freshman class of our high school. Um, God. So damn. <laughs> the seniors got bigger in color photos. Oh, cool, cool. But, uh, the rest of them just got these little black and white photos. I'm somewhere in here. I don't know. Um, but so anyway, the kindergarten through eighth grade school that I went to, the eighth graders would put on a musical every year. And it was a big deal. Seventh grade got to be the crew. Eighth grade did the musical. And it was like the best part of it was at the end of the year. And it was kind of the the best, uh, the highlight of every year. So I as by the way, I just want to take a quick aside to mention for like anyone who works in school districts or anything. Having something to look forward to at the end of the year that isn't school ending is probably good for kids' spirits yeah. and school spirits because all my my generation was just like I can't wait till school is over. It's like a nightmare. But if we had a cool thing to look forward yeah. to, that would be a, that would be a very smart move. Do a musical, Pirates of Penzance, HMS Pinafore, Annie Get Your Gun. These are yeah. some old musicals. They all <laughs> anyway, work, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so they do the musical, and the eighth graders who were who started the musical were like celebrities to me. They were so larger than life. And then I would receive the yearbook, uh, and the eighth graders had they each had half a page, and they would have like a picture collage, and they would put a quote that meant something to them, and they would put their hobbies. A big around the time, like. When I was very young, 
There were there was a lot of save the whales. There was a lot of you're never fully dressed without a smile. Those were the those were the big ones. Um, and so I would look through the eighth grade section of the yearbook and then tell my mom who I wanted to babysit me. Because back then it was fully acceptable to call up a 12, 13 year old and ask them to babysit your child. And that was like very early online dating. Almost. I was about to say, you're like on hinge shopping for yes, a babysit. Like totally. And I love that shit because now at 39, I have a good idea of who I am, but I would still botch it if I had to like, Pick someone that you think you would work well with. Like, but when you're like 12, you're like, I'm going off literally uh, the weight of their breasts as my selection. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or like, oh, this chick has a blue highlight in her hair. I want her to babysit me. And my oh, mom's like, it was- I think she's on meth or yeah. whatever. Yeah. No, like she was in Bye Bye Birdie. I definitely yeah. <laughs> think she'd be fun to hang out with for three hours while you pay bills or whatever's happening. Um, I remembered. So I've been thinking about yearbooks. Which, by the way, just real fast, that story I told of looking through the yearbooks and the older students being like celebrities to me, I thought that was very common. I figured other people had that experience and I mentioned it and other and and the the feedback I've been getting is that that is not that common. And I feel like people are just repressed or lying. I d- we definitely did some light human Stocking. being sexual shopping using like, you know, like, yes. Wh- and I, I've I've been with my wife since predating uh social predating social media and apps so i've never been on a dating app but it definitely has that energy of like oh shit if i went to hewlett high school i would date this girl if i went yeah. to your high school i oh is this girl cool she seems so hot or like this dude's hair is awesome it's like he's actually one of the coolest kids in the grade you're like copy that haircut remember that haircut Br- bring that to your fucking lemon tree barber and see if you can get that hair because it's I, it's a way to try on personalities too I, like- yes i loved talking looking at someone else's yearbook and then finding out the social standing of each of them via your friend like oh she's the most popular i remember there was this I don't know if this needs a trigger warning. I doubt it. There was this one. So I was uh, hanging out with my friend Mara. She was from Woodland Hills and and I was from Orange County and she was showing me the yearbook and she's like, she's really popular. Um, Sometimes she's overweight. And I was like, they let someone who's overweight be popular. I was, I was overweight. I was always the chunky kid. Um, So for me, it's just not something that happened in the nineties. Yeah. No, it was just not a thing that occurred where uh, if you were heavy set, you were cool. Right. Like it just, we were such a weird shallow time. I mean, I'm sure it's still awful for kids, but it does feel like everyone's a little more open-minded now about, I hope so. I I really hope so. When we were trying to name, our first son, um, every name. I, I used to joke that my that if it was up to my husband, his name would be, oh, God, no. Because every name I came up with, Daniel would be like, oh, God, no. And then he would just <laughs> list the ways that he could be made fun of for that name. And I kept saying to him, I think times have changed. Like, I don't, I think there's less bullying now. And knock on wood, there is less bullying now. I think I, there's I less face to, I think bullying has changed a lot, you know, like, and the feeling of not being it, it's it's sort of not as deep of a cut any look and this is all shooting from the hip so don't quote me on any of this but it's not necessarily as deep of a cut cuz someone doesn't like look you in the face and say like you're a fucking loser do not <laughs> hang out with us which is right. shit that happened in, in my time yeah i think now it's more like 
oh weird i saw an instagram post where everyone was tagged at the bowling alley and uh it's like uh, it's the eight girls i thought i was friends with and i'm not there you know right there's like the weird too many people know too much stuff now about each yes. other like i i think about like how rumors or even like a kid shit his pants in our school he was a grade or two ahead of me his mom was a hall monitor so she was there after he graduated and we still made fun of her for her son shitting her pa- his pants like two years earlier. That's awful. How did That's- you make fun of her? <clears throat> We'd be like, uh, how's Tony doing? Does his sheets need cleaning? Like every time, like we would always <gasps> just bring up the fact that this kid shit his pants. Brutal. Awful people. I was an awful person. Ar- argu- arguably still am. Uh, we- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I- and I was just going to say like add social media to that and like. We might be commenting on, oh, he works at the, he works at the deli, my hero. It's like, all right, cool. Let's go on and let's write down like this motherfucker shit his pants like on his work thing. You know what I mean? Not, <laughs> not even thinking like what that could do for someone. Uh, Awful. Yeah. Just yeah, terrible people. In, so I remember we had shop class and uh, the guy who taught our class had been on the dating game and won a lifetime supply of shampoo. So this was pretty exciting. But we were using... I don't know. What's do you know about saws? Are you a saw guy? Are I'm you a, a big saw shop? guy? Uh, saws the movies or saws the tool? <laughs> the tool. There's some <laughs> kind of. It's got like a um the blade. It goes up and down, and you just push the wood into it. Is that a jigsaw? Yes, that's okay. exactly what that is. Yeah. So we were each having a turn, like heavily supervised using the jigsaw, and it it creates a vibration. And the vibration caused this girl in our class to to pee all over. Um, and I remember she went to the bathroom and then he talked to us about like, you will never, ever bring this. Like he I don't know what threat he used, but somehow we all totally got the message that like we will never, ever bring this up ever again. <laughs> and, and yet i still remember it but we didn't we didn't go to her work and and talk about her wetting her pants or anything right right well you gotta eventually drop it you gotta eventually grow yeah. up uh i on the other hand never did never no. will uh, jumping back to what you're saying we had that class and we called it technology and oh, that's i just want to talk about wrong. what it's like to go to high school in the 90s or you know it's like it's 1995 you're taking a class called technology and you're making a tape dispenser out of, out of like, <laughs> like wood clock. and wood polish and shit and it's like uh computers exist at this time and it's like maybe the technology you should be helping like right i feel like in 15 years someone's going to enter high school and hear that they used to learn the jigsaw in sophomore <laughs> year right like <laughs> like that seems cr- like if if your your kid is in high school and it's like Mom, I got to use the jigsaw to make a a dolly at work, and it's like, wait a minute, they have you a operating this enormous tool, b something that does not have like it doesn't extrapolate into real life at, at, for most people, right? And c tech, what about computers? <laughs> like, yeah. What about coding? What about anything besides like it just That's- we so did they called that. that technology. Was there also a computer class called computers or something? No, we didn't have like we did have like a computer lab and then there would yeah. be some. But it was all like uh, Oregon Trail s- typing games like mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. There was no like explore computers and learn how they work. It was always just like sit down and play Oregon Trail for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, 
And hopefully I don't run into any of those world famous PNW Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> the uh just to sound like a very old person. The crazy thing though is that I have a 4 and a 2-year-old and they both know how to use an iPhone and they're starting to know how to use well not my my 2-year-old likes to sit on my lap and and just type numbers and letters and things like that, but my 4-year-old is like if I do grocery shopping online, he'll ask if he can help and he, you know, can use the mouse. And so it's like they don't even need a class. They are they just grow up knowing. It's crazy watching a three year old or a four year old take their mom's phone and like close apps and like swipe through and yes. shit. It's like, hold on. Like it's like that technology, like I remember taking a while to adapt to it. Now I'm watching little kids just be like Yeah. For the listeners, swiping, I'm doing insane object work. It looks so realistic. <laughs> Um, can I tell you a devastating yearbook story? Of course. This is okay. the perfect place for that. <laughs> Imagine if you were like, no, I don't think now's the time. No, I think we can <laughs> wrap it up here. <laughs> okay. So I was in art class in high school and there was this guy and I'm going to use real first names because I, it's been a long time. I don't think it matters. This guy, Sean, who had just majestic, beautiful, long blonde hair. We're talking like Leif Garrett style. He was so, I had such a crush on him. He was so attractive. I was a freshman. He was a senior because it was an elective. So various grades could be in the same yeah. class. Um, so anyway, it was the end of the year and the yearbooks had been handed out. So now was the time when everyone was asking other people to sign their yearbook. And I don't know how it was in your school, but like for us, you know, your best friend would write this page save for Katie. And it was a big deal. The, the there, signing there, of there was some sort of. Holy shit, I hope Corrine, the hot girl that I like, will yeah. sign my yearbook. Right. Uh, I'm definitely leaving a space here for my friend. Like, there's a lot of like, I hope some people like, uh, so and so didn't ask me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you get like, there was a lot going on there where you had to be like, it it was important. It was way more important than it should have been, right? Yeah. Like there, everything carried a little bit of weight, is I oh, guess yeah. what I'm saying. Well, because yeah. you're going to take it home and then you're going to. Uh, read the messages and then like overanalyze them and interpret them and know how the person feels about you, <laughs> their crush at least. So anyway, the, now this this didn't personally involve me. I just witnessed the devastation of someone else. So this girl who was also a senior named Kat, who I was friendly with, but I didn't really like. This is when I realized the social standing of these people. So she came up to to a hot Sean and she said, "Sean, would you sign my yearbook?" And he said, get this. He said, but Kat, I don't really know you. Oh. 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 And he's right. I mean, I think he was. She's right. But But like, you don't have to say that. You just have to sign it. Just be like, You just sign it and say something like, stay cool, see you at the beach or whatever. Well, that's that's the real bummer thing. uh, Like, looking back on my life, like everyone has quote unquote regrets. But I definitely could have just been cooler in a lot more situations. And I don't mean cooler like hipper or more radical. I mean, yeah, just nicer, just chiller. Like in a lot of these interactions, it would be like, why didn't I just sign that girl's yearbook or that guy's yearbook? Oh, you were were the Sean in this situation? You would have. I, I can't imagine. I don't think I was, but I definitely said and did whatever I wanted as well. So I, I definitely like hurt some feelings in hindsight. Mm. Like, as I thought I was being cool and funny and it's like, if anyone has bad memories from high school and they were like this dude, Gabrus, that dude sucks. And it's, I feel 
I don't feel bad, but I do feel like I could have been way chiller. I mean, I can still be way chiller <laughs> at 39. <laughs> I could definitely be cooler to people, but unfortunately, not not me. <laughs> <laughs> I uh my cool yearbook thing is my so I'm in there it was always a kind of a cool thing like how f- how frequently are you in the yearbook this yeah. was kind of like an important thing too so you'd get your standard high school picture maybe a few club and sports team photos because that was like a big thing it would be like swim team needs to take their yearbook photo before the meet blah 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 so then you'd get a couple of sports teams a couple of clubs and then you would maybe be in some of the editorials, like if you were kind of popular, you know what I mean? Where it'd be like, uh, here's something where we just like have like 11 pictures from around the football field. You know what I oh, mean? Right, and it yeah. might be like- Student oh, life. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. And it's like, you might be in a quote unquote, for lack of a better term, a candid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that was always Gabrus like- Gabrus and Marsha eat their lunch. Exactly. And then you'd be like, shit, Gabrus is in the uh, yearbook six times. Swimming, football, student, uh, uh, athletes helping athletes, straight gay alliance. Uh, and then my junior year, a year I didn't get the photo, uh, didn't get the yearbook, I'm in with the lunch ladies in there when it's like the cafeteria staff and oh, it's wow. all older women and one student. sophomore or junior- with frosted tips and like yellow tinted Lisa Loeb glasses. Just oh, and that's wow. me, a hemp necklace, yeah. a Stussy uh, button down. That's me standing there with them. And that's because that year, I think was my junior year of high school, I had like second and third period off or third and fourth period off. So you and- just hung out with the gals? And no one I knew had third period off and fourth period was my lunch with friends. So I would like hang out in the lunchroom and then I uh, on third period then I started doing the cash register and then I just was like did the cash register you know like three to five days a week for like a couple of months just like one period a day I'd be like all right Gladys I'll do it and I'll just like go over and like punch up people what they're and take the money and and do do like I just like worked as a cashier at our school lunch place for like a period a day and it was like a weird thing that I was just doing and enjoying myself. And then when I ended up in the yearbook, people were like, what are you doing in the yearbook? And I was like, <laughs> oh, I used to help the lunch ladies like every single day for a year. And there, and everyone, my mom, everyone in my family is like, wait, what? You're at school? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking working? as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. <laughs> it makes wait, no sense. I feel like I lost. I, I, I got a little confused in the midst there because what I basically heard is that like you just went to school for first first fifth and sixth periods like you have so many periods off what happened? we had eight we had eight periods in our okay. in our high school so that uh i had two of the eight off my junior year or senior year my and senior so- my senior year i had sixth and seventh period off and would blow off eighth period to go surfing like how did you have them off had you completed the credits somewhere else yeah you could like as you got high like as like I was in advanced classes to start, so I kind of was like ahead on credits, and I was taking uh-huh. AP classes. And they, like, if you were taking two AP classes, you didn't need to take yeah. a third, so you could have right. like you could have two off periods, or it would be like for the first half of the year, uh, you have uh, you know seventh period off every day, and then uh, in the second half of the year, you have sixth and seventh. Or it'd be like biology lab is at sixth period, but it's only every other day or it's right. like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So you have Thursday and Fridays, you'd have two periods. So you had off. these periods off 
you could have done whatever you wanted, but you decided to work the cash register with the ladies. That's yes. that's actually very nice. It is very nice. It's very weird. It's a little <laughs> on brand since I love older women and I like working. So it makes sense. Um, Those I, are good qualities. Yeah. <laughs> and then the weird, that that's how they uh, show themselves and me just working as a lunch lady, <laughs> more or less. Uh, and it was, it was just always like, I liked... I like food. I liked being around food. They would give me free chicken nuggets and chicken patties and stuff because everyone knew me. I kind of like the local energy that gets you of like, this guy's a regular here. I kind of liked that. At your like, cafeteria. <laughs> at my high school cafeteria. Yeah. I always wanted, not at the cafeteria, but I always wanted to have relationships with like to be a regular or to be known at my different places. And when I moved to New York, when I started to have those, just like, oh, the guy at the grocery store knows me or like they, I, I began to feel like, look at me, like I'm really like doing it, making making inroads here. I mean, for people like us who kind of put our personalities on display as a, as a means to gain, to make people like us slash yeah. earn a living or whatever, however you want to phrase what this is, we actually do. It, it requires a level of comfort with yourself, but also- you like that positive feedback and yeah. someone remembering you uh, is positive feedback. Uh, I'm with you. I always want regular energy and I pride myself in, in, in high school. Uh, there was a deli around the block from the school called superhero where we ate lunch almost every day. And I was a little meathead and I was lifting weights and trying to lose weight. My senior year, I was getting uh, a dozen egg whites and Turkey on a hero with pepper and ketchup. That sounds good. And the teacher started calling uh, the teacher, the deli guy started calling it the Gabris and it was listed on the board and I'm a senior in high school. Amazing. And I have my own named sandwich for me at a place like that's, that's the dream. Like I used to, when I was a beach, uh, I was a Jones beach lifeguard uh, after senior year of high school, all through like my early twenties. And uh, me and my buddies would sit in the stand and just come up with what our bar would be like, like the bar <laughs> we would eventually own. And it was all about being like, we'd have a table that's like, that's the owner's table. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was all like, and we all just want that sort of mafia-esque life where you want to be right. able to walk up to your normal coffee shop crazy around the line and just kind of point and be like, whenever you get a chance. And it's like, yes, matcha latte. We got you, Allison. We'll bring it over right away. Like, that's the shit that your we order, all yeah. want in life is that sort of mafia. I'm cool. I'm a local. I'm invited. Uh, like that, that feeling. And I could see how getting into Hollywood and being a, a, a celebrity, no matter how minor, uh, gives you a little taste of that. And then mm -hmm. you start like, it's hard not to want that where it's like, what can we get you, sir? Like that feel, that feels fucking great. And if you can force that on the coffee shop or like, no matter what you shrink that down to, you get that sort of uh serotonin boost or that, that feeling of like, I'm not only am I remembered, but this person, this person is prioritizing me in some way. Yeah. And we it, it also feels like effort in effort out. Like, Oh, I come here every day and it feels nice that there's more. So like I come here every day and spend six seventy five on a coffee and a tip. And it's like, it would be great if like, they just acknowledge that one time. And if, and it, <laughs> yeah. It's so minor, but it feels fucking good. Yes. We, do you ever go to Desconso Gardens? Uh, do you know uh, yes, it? I've been once, but I'm, I'm familiar. Okay. So we are members, which just means we spent like $100 <laughs> to become members. Uh, so we don't have to, and, and it really, it's, it's 
inexpensive to become members. And if you go like more than twice or something, it it works out. But I feel this is I've actually never admitted this. I feel so it's this is embarrassing, but I feel so special going in with my little membership card on my phone. And like when I buy a drink or when my kids buy a toy or something, I'm like, is there a membership discount? And I was thinking like, this is what made me think of it was I was looking at someone's like TikTok or Instagram story of they were flying somewhere and they had like this amazing like section of the plane. I've never, I've been in first class a few times, but I've never been on like a lay flat bed thing where you're, you know, those like super deluxe, like, oh my God, how many? Yeah, like, like the full pod. I I, yes. I got to fly first class to New Zealand once and that was- Did you have a free, pod? I had a full pod, it, you know, 16 hours, fully reclined, flat. I mean, the thing yeah. I saw, it looked like there was like, is that a a duvet cover and sheets and a pillow. What's going on? It's like a yeah, hotel they, room on a plane. They came and made my bed. They like put it all down and put like a fitted sheet over it, like halfway God, in between. Must yeah. be nice. So I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about this kind of like privilege and special treatment. And I was thinking really like, it's just money that gets you. I feel like I'm stating the most obvious things, but no, no, no but you're, uh, that's what's unfortunate is if you want a shortcut, to feeling like you belong or being treated well. You just buy money. It. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Cause like, I, I, the shit we're talking about being reckoned, like, that is what frequent flyer miles kind of rides off of, of like, yeah. thank you for your platinum membership, Miss Rosen. You're like, yes, right. you're welcome. I don't, yeah. I don't fly enough anymore to like get any of that stuff, really. Although one time for a job, they flew me out and they like put me, they sent a car and they flew me business class. And I remember thinking like, oh yeah, this is how I should be treated. <laughs> it's like, this is like not my, it's not my anything. I did it's, not, this is, it's not my frequent traveling and money that got this. This is, but anyway, I guess I like cushy things. But anyway, so with the Desconso thing, I spent a little extra, but I totally feel like special when I do it. And it's so ridiculous. Um, I did want to ask you though, going back to talking about like the, the reinforcement and the recognition and the positive energy and stuff. Something that I work on a lot, and especially it's really come to a head in the pandemic, is trying to be less reliant on external validation. Is that something that you like? What's your relationship with external validation? That's a great question. Um, something it's not something I've analyzed, but yeah, I require a lot of external validation to survive. <laughs> <laughs> which is not ideal, like relying on other people who don't even know that you're relying on them to oh, give yeah. you validation. Yeah. It's a little, so talk to me a little bit about that. How, how has that manifested itself in you? Well, a lot of it is social media based. Um, and I just, one day I was scrolling through and I saw, and I've, I have told this story before. So for, if anyone has heard it, sorry, but it's, but it's still it's a decent it's a good story I feel like I I saw that someone was on someone else's podcast and I was like wow how did they get that person like that person would never come on my podcast and I had never reached out to that and they would never have me on like I went in this whole very fast spiral where I got super depressed and I felt like less than I don't measure up I'm invisible I'm rejected I just just this like constellation of every negative like I am worthless feeling all triggered by someone I don't know on someone I don't know's podcast and I took it all very personally <laughs> and 
I had this realization, which is like, if I am going to have this kind of reaction every time someone else gets attention, I'm going to be miserable. You know, like I've had, I've had moments of that before where someone will get, will have some kind of success and it'll make me feel terrible. And then I'll think like, but like, I didn't even, I wasn't even in the running for that. But then somehow that turns into like, but I wasn't even in the room. Right. Um, this like, you know, and I realized like all of this is is uh, pathetic sounding. But so anyway, I had this it's realization. It's very real. I mean, like most actual human uh, thoughts and feelings, they are mostly pathetic. And these are, <laughs> this is completely yes, reasonable. <laughs> so I had this realization of like, if I'm going to have, like I said, if I'm going to have this reaction, I'm going to be miserable all the time because people get attention and it has nothing to do with me. And I was able to <clears throat> kind of pause and like, and and I recognized like the key to, to not feeling this way is inside me. How can I not have this reaction? And then I thought, well, what do I think of myself? Do I truly think that I'm, you know, all those negative things? And And I was able to like with each thought, I sort of was able to put more distance between myself and this feeling. And then I thought to myself, and this was kind of a key to it as well. I thought, what, you know, have I had some interactions in my own life recently with people who I do know that have made me feel all this negative stuff? And I was able to tie the reaction to some interactions I'd had with some relatives that had made me feel sort of invisible a few days before. And honestly, I realized that's what it usually is for me. It's not a person I don't know on someone I don't know's podcast. Like that's not really affecting me. It's, 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 uh, you know, interactions with people that I actually know. And it's just manifesting in this weird way. Yeah. I, I, I have, I seek external validation a lot, uh, whether I know, I'm not seeking it per se, but it hits me better than any internal validation. Yeah. But one thing that has really helped me in the, in the specific situations you're talking about is, keeping my problems and issues that I have in the context of my life is mm -hmm. like rather important because every time I think about all, honestly, all it really takes, and this is kind of a weird roundabout way to get to this good headspace, but it's like talking to a more successful peer or friend and listening to them bitch Complain. about where they are or <laughs> yes. talk about how on another podcast, someone like whatever, Get, insert any hypothetical hearing someone whose career you would want or at least you think you would want mm -hmm. bitching about where their career is and you're like this asshole is so ungrateful blah 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 and you think that about a close personal friend and then you're like wait this is what i sound like to my friends who aren't as successful oh yeah. my god is this what i said and it's like just putting your problems in context and for me one we're talking about here is the sort of intra Hollywood problems, but then there's like the bigger ones of like talking like, Oh man, I'm so bummed. I didn't even get considered for this weird comedy podcasting thing. And it's like, <laughs> and your friend's uncle just died in a car accident. It's like, Oh, right, right. Yes. Of course. What the fuck? And I know. Like, and then you like pile on the shame of like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a horrible person <laughs> and we've all had enough personal tragedy in life to understand that it's like life is fucking hard and yeah. someone potentially talking shit about or like mentioning you on a podcast blah blah whatever whatever 
thing, esoteric thing that's got you riled up is like it's such minor bullshit compared to any real problems. Totally. And then what I what I found myself in addition to helping like hammer context of like yes, you're not happy with your current place because you've been there for a couple of years and it's cruising and it's going well. Mm-hmm. Like someone else would be so excited. And you're like, right, right. In in a in addition to that, in addition to that, I found myself saying like, uh, th- this is a frequent aid I use. Is like, why am I letting this bother me? Mm-hmm. That's good. this is completely up to me to not be bothered by it, and it's bothering me. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, it's bothering me. Maybe there's something I could do about it. Actually, in this context, there's literally nothing you could do about it except not let it bother you. And I know that's like super simplistic and it's not easy with a lot of problems but that's something that's really helped me is like well what if i just choose to not really give a shit about that and it's helped me a lot with anxiety because it just takes full things off the platter that i don't have any tools or equipment to handle and it's just like well don't worry about that that's not your problem that's just something that's going to be going on like that like release your i I, and i say and now i find myself saying it to my wife a lot i'm like release yourself of being angry at this episode of tv like listen (laughs) listen to how worked up listen how worked up you're getting about this you love this show it's like release yourself from this anger and i find myself saying that a lot and projecting it a lot to other people but that's something that's really helped me it's like let's bear down on why you're so worked up right now Mm. and then when you realize it's all internal then take it and go well then don't care like yeah and it's it feels like a superpower when you do it right when you're like oh yeah i'm not bitching i'm not thinking about that anymore and it's like i should never have been but it's Mm. so great that it's off my mind now yes yeah some adult shit yeah When I had that moment where I was like, I think I have the power within me to figure out how to not be bothered by this. That did feel like a superpower in that moment. Um, I must ask, what TV show does she get so angry at? Uh, It was like mid-season insecure. She was like worked up uh, for this. This was the final season. I agreed with her that some of the episodes felt a little you know, uh, running in place. The last couple have been absolutely fantastic. Congrats on a great run insecure. But for a couple of, a couple of episodes, we were sort of like, I'm like, well, we we're choosing to watch this show and we're letting it work us up. It's like, let's just release ourselves of the anger that we feel. (laughs) And just, we don't have to watch this. And it's like, there's four episodes left. We should watch it. It's like, then let's not let it ruin our day watching it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The I I do that a lot. Like my anxiety manifests itself in like okay tomorrow at three p.m. I have to do blank, and then it's like uh, today I'll be like well four thirty tomorrow when the thing is done then I'll be able to chill. Like I just can't think about anything until after that three p.m. thing is done, and it could be as simple as like I'm supposed to go on a podcast and talk to someone about, it. and it's like that's just on my mind what I have to do, and then it ends and I'm like oh and like. As it gets closer to three, I'm like dreading it. I'm like, fuck, okay, 4.30, I'm done with this thing. I'm fucking done once at four. And then I do it and I'm like, that was so fun. That was so easy. I can't believe you let like 11 hours of your week be focused on the idea that this is happening. Not making you do any research or preemptive study. Like, it's not like, 
oh shit, I have to do this audition. It's not like, fuck, then I need to buckle down and work. Mm -hmm. Instead, I just stress about it for the 12 hours. Then I do it, I'm like, oh, thank God it's done. And it's like, did you do a good job? Did you try hard? And it's like, it doesn't matter. It's in the rear view, thank fucking God. And it's like, if I'm going to let it take over my mind that much, I might as well put in effort. Or (laughs) don't put in effort, but don't let it take over my mind that much. I am the exact, I I experience... Uh, appointments and like I made the exact same way I'm always wishing things would get canceled right before and then I do them though and it turns my mood around entirely I'm so happy I did it it's I don't know what that is but I feel like a lot of us have that yeah I think that's just basic anxiety of like and then it's like having well, to what, be present or something. Yeah. What What did you want to do? Have nothing to do for the next twenty four? <laughs> like, and that's okay. I get that. But like, if the options are nothing or one thing for ninety minutes, that's arguably in your field of work. Right. Like, do you you should just be like I think about like that's some put your problems in context shit where it's like your friend is a uh, a construction worker or a frontline worker during the pandemic and you're like. Oh, I don't know if I want to do Jordan Jesse go tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's like, what are you talking about? You don't want to talk to two friends for an hour on a podcast? It's like, this is all you want to do in life, you fucking idiot. Why? Oh, because it's something you have to think about? Oh, bummer. You could have nothing in your life, but then you'll find something to be stressed about. It's such a weird, it's just like, oh, thank God I have something to do tomorrow. And now I could like focus on it negatively. It's like, yeah. that doesn't make a lot of sense. I, what I, and by the way, I, I think I just cleared my throat into the mic a couple of times. So I'd like to apologize for that rookie move. Um, Please. What I, I'm going to go for a third time. Give me a sec. <clears throat> what I am always um, just, I admire, I, I, I'm baffled by the people who are like, okay, tomorrow I have a podcast at noon and then I have a podcast at two. And so I, and then they need to make another appointment and they're like, how about a breakfast meeting? Like, how do you, how do you possibly do all that? (laughs) Oh my God. This is, this is reflecting so poorly on my, on me and my work ethic. But like, if I have a podcast at noon and a podcast at two, I'm definitely not scheduling something else for the morning because I need to like prepare. Right. At least, or that's what you think you do. And then it's like, and then you're like, fuck 12 and two. Okay. So three 30, I'm done with that. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then like three 30 comes around. You're like, Oh, that was really fun. I can't believe I like wasted any negative energy being stressed about having to do this. What a fucking crazy ass. uh, Most likely you're going to need to cut out. You're going to need to cut out all of that. It reflects very poorly on what we on us and what we do. No, <laughs> I'm I think I think no one uh, no one is thinking that our job is that honor honorable in any way. <laughs> <And> it's like <laughs> uh, and, but I do think that's human nature too. It's like, oh, my job is to get a, a a you know, oral sex from a different person that I'm attracted to every day and it's like <sighs> tomorrow I got to wake up and get oral sex. Jesus Christ. Like you could easily yeah. turn flip the, uh, flip it on almost anything where it's like, oh, another day in Bora yeah. Bora. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> it's very human nature is very easy to adapt and be upset with your current situation. No matter what. Right. Uh, People are the worst. We are, we are the worst. We are fundamentally the worst. We are ruining this world that we are part of, but what we're not doing is, uh, comp- uh, we are most likely to succeed. We're most likely to launch a new podcast called Upworthy Weekly. We yes. are most likely to start a revolution. We are a class clown. We are uh, Quad best artist. Quad I'm... king and queen. Yeah. Uh, I would have been homecoming king, but unfortunately, football players can't win because they can't go to the parade because they have to play in the game. 
You were uh, a football player? Wow. Oh, yeah. I was you. a complex individual. I played football, D&D, swimming, uh, gay straight alliance, athletes helping athletes. I was a very strange little kid in 99. I mean, I'm still a weirdo. Frosted tips? Wow. Frosted tips, uh, yellow glasses. Uh, what kind of car did you drive? Uh, 89 Buick Century. Uh, my my friends my friend group was you just drove whatever your parents last car was when you were 17 like yeah. so i got my dad's old work car and, uh great car loved it drove it for a few years until i got a jeep cherokee as a gift uh, as a i saved up a bunch of money uh used my graduation money and bought a jeep cherokee uh drove it for the last 2 years of college and then Moved to New York City and sold my Jeep. So <laughs> everyone, I wanted a Jeep at one point. Jeeps were the coolest. It was the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Jeeps were the fucking coolest car you could have. Like yeah. it felt, and they still are cool cars. Like SUVs kind of suck now because they all just look like giant protesting protester destroying spaceships. Uh, <laughs> but I I like the old boxy Jeeps. They still hold up. The Land Rovers, the Jeep uh, Cherokee, like the Jeep Wrangler. That shit all still works. Like. The more industrial it looks, the more like fucking street illegal it looks. I'm fucking here for it. Yeah, like a guy with shaggy hair in a Jeep and also a golden retriever in the car. Yes. Please, please. <laughs> uh, even as a young heterosexual boy, I recognize the power in that setup. <laughs> uh, well, why don't you tell uh, the shitheads, the listeners of High and Mighty, a little bit about uh, what you got going on? I know you got a few podcasts, but also yes. a new project. A new off. podcast. Podcast. Um, we've we've been out for a month. It's called Upworthy Weekly, and I co-host that one. Um, if you are familiar with Upworthy on Instagram, social media, they have a very huge social media following, and they post. Um, they 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 call it the best of humanity delivered. So it's feel good stories, lighthearted news, and they have launched their first podcast. Um, and my co-host Todd and I are having such a good time doing it. We feature. Um, uh, it's a lighthearted news podcast. You know, we're not going to talk about the latest with politics uh, unless there's some sort of like upworthy spin on it. Um, but you know, we've had, I love Todd, but he is just, he's wrong about everything. <laughs> okay. Like, we got in this big fight. Fight is too strong, but all I want for Christmas is you, the Mariah Carey song. How do you feel about that? Song. Absolutely love it. Best, oh, Christ- you do? Okay. best new Christmas song of the last several decades. Okay, I personally can't stand that song, but I like I love Christmas music. I can't stand that song. He hates Christmas music, but loves that song, and I'm like, you're a hundred percent wrong. <laughs> and I I get that I'm somewhat in the minority here, but I'm sorry, I can't I can't do that song. I don't. Anyway, that's the kind of stuff we talk about. And also stories involving dogs and just, you know, <laughs> just great stuff. I recommend it's very it comes out on Saturdays. Please check it out. I think it's so much fun uh, and I'm loving doing it. Upworthy Weekly. And then I also co-host a parenting-ish podcast called Childish with Greg Fitzsimmons. Parenting-ish because I say like half of our listeners don't have kids. Uh, and then Allison Rosen is your new best friend, which Gabrus has been on and which I'm going to make him come back to be a guest on again and that do is, mano a mano hand to hand that's right head. yeah that's mondays and thursdays is Alice Rosen's new best friend check out all those podcasts like uh take out the app you're listening to this on right now and subscribe to those podcasts please upworthy uh, uh, weekly childish allison rosen is your new best friend and follow me on social media at allison rosen on twitter and instagram
Hell fucking yeah. I'm at Gabris on all social media. Check out actionboys.biz for movie reviews, uh, for uh, long-ass conversations about short-ass movies. Um, and also every Monday night at uh, Spotify Greenroom, I'm on The Movie Buff, 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific, talking about that weekend's big release. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out or whatever. Just we're there every Monday. See you then. Bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. <laughs> it's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> no. Somewhere, somehow, body blow, body blow, body. someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. <laughs> it's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Well, there's a fantasy component. Yeah. There's some yeah. sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. <laughs> what? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room. Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.